If we can open up our Bibles to the book of John, chapter 17, verse 3. I want to honor my pastor, Pastor Mark Barrick, uh, over there at Cypress Grove Fellowship in Orlando, Florida. I've been there since I was 14 years old. I am not that age anymore. Uh, it's been a lot of years since, but I've been had the privilege to serve there as the hyphen pastor and also now get to serve as the campus ministry director. And we have some campus ministry, uh, Crystal and Delano, who served with me uh, at UCF. And man, there are people that are hungry for the name of Jesus. Something about campus ministry is you really get to be reminded of how many people are just looking for something more. How many people are hungry for something more? And we have the opportunity to preach the name of Jesus to those campuses. So grateful for that. The book of John, chapter 17, verse 3 says this, And this is eternal life, or this is life eternal, that they might know, everyone say no, the only true God and Jesus Christ. Whom thou hast sent. I'm going to read this again. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. I want to speak on this thought to our young people and to the saints around to know him, to know him, to know him. Would you close your eyes with me and would you just begin to lift up? your hearts, your spirits, your soul to the Lord, that he would have his way in this place. God, God, we come unto you today, Jesus, with a sincere heart, Lord. God, we desire, Lord, to know you, Jesus. We desire that you would open up our hearts, our minds, Jesus, that you would speak to us in a way that only you can, God. I pray that you would cast out anything contrary to your spirit, Lord, contrary, Lord, to your will that you want to do today, Jesus. But I pray that you would release faith in this place tonight, God, that you would release the spirit of love and of freedom and of liberty, God. Lord, that there would be an outpouring of the love to know you, Jesus, to know your character, God, to know your love, God, to know your goodness and your faithfulness, God. I pray, Lord, that you would use me for your glory, God, that you would anoint these lips in the wonderful name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. John chapter 17, verse 3 is the scripture that I use as a guide towards my life. There are people uh, in the southern states or in the cold states that would have a way of making sure that they wouldn't get lost in the winter. Stories are said that what they would do when they left their house and would have to make a short errand outside or would have to take out the trash or would have to do something in their yard, but it was very heavy of snow, is that they would go ahead and tie a rope to themselves. And they would anchor it around the house and they would go out and do whatever errand, whether it was taking out the trash or whether it was turning on the car or whatever it may be, they would go ahead and tie that rope around them and tie the other side to the house. And what happened at times is that it would snow so hard that they would not be able to see where they came from. They wouldn't be able to see the path where they came from. They wouldn't be able to uh, visually see because there would be so much snow in their vision and their peripherals that they didn't know what would happen. And if they did not have that rope, they would get lost many times. And this scripture works in that same manner. And the scripture should be something that we should consider in every aspect of our lives. It doesn't matter how many years you've been in the church. It doesn't matter how many years you've worn the name apostolic. It doesn't matter how many times you've dressed nice on the Sunday morning. Our anchor and our purpose in this life is to know Jesus. Everything that is worth doing is only if it's meant to know Jesus. Eternal life is determined on your understanding of knowing Jesus. What good is us coming to a church service if we're not drawing closer to Jesus? 
what good is my worship if it's not for the purpose of opening up my spirit and being able to get rid of pride and be able to get rid of any selfishness that's inside of me so I can be able to commune in the spirit with the presence of God? What good is it for me to lift up my voice if I'm not doing it for the purpose of drawing closer, if I'm not doing it for the purpose of being able to understand Him, if I'm not doing it for the purpose of changing so I can dwell closer to God church service would just be tradition it would just be something that the other churches do it would just be something that the other churches have went ahead and started being conformed to but can I tell you today that I never want to get to a place where I'm conformed to just coming to church and just doing the same old things but I want to know God and the riches of his glory I want to know him for everything that he has there's got to be more and I want to know all that it comes with if he's the king of glory if he's the king of all creation if I go and see mountains and look at the vastness of it mountains 300 feet high Spanning 125 miles wide. And I look at that and say, oh wow. If I look at the creation of God and see the beauty of it, that it doesn't matter how great of a painter you are, you will never be able to replicate the creation that God has made. If I look at the things that Happened in the Bible, Moses who split the Red Sea and was able to do the impossible and make it possible. If I look at all these things and say, how great and how marvelous is that? How much more is the glory of God? How much greater would it be if I can just draw a little bit more to the understanding of knowing God? If the mountains are just a little representations, if the mountains just give me a little sign, a little insight as to what the glory of God can be, then what could happen if we would come together on a Sunday night, young people? What would happen if you made a determination that I want to know God in a way that I've never known Him before? I want to see Him in a way that I've never seen Him before. What a glory that awaits for each and every one of us to grab a hold of. See, gone are the days where we can just come to church. Gone are the days where we can fake being a Christian, fake being apostolic. There's too many things that are trying to get into similar space. There's too many things that are trying to hide and pretend that it's going to give us some answers. There's too many things that are trying to grab our attention. That if your desire is not to know God, if your desire is not to draw closer to God, if your desire is not to fall more in love with God, then you are going to be snatched away for whatever consumes you and whatever you desire. But if you make up in your mind tonight, God, I don't desire anything but you, Jesus. I don't want anything in my heart that's not going to satisfy you. You are not going to give any room for the enemy to grab a hold of. But you're going to say, God, whatever it is that you need for me, whatever it is that you desire for me, I want to know him. Young people, Make it up in your mind that you want to know Him. Make it up in your mind before anything else that you want to know Him. Before you want to be a preacher. Before you want to be a musician. Before you want to be used of God. Oh, make up in your mind that I want to know Him by name. Oh, make up in your mind that I want Him to know me. Oh, make it up in your mind that I want to be able to understand Him. God called and was not afraid to call himself the God of Jacob. 
He didn't say that many times. But when it came to Jacob, he was willing to call himself the God of Jacob. The God of Jacob. Why was that? Because Jacob, he didn't come to play church. Jacob didn't come to just do the part. But Jacob was willing to come and wrestle with God. He was willing to come and do the dirty work. He was willing to come and get up close and personal with God. Young people, saints of God, hear me today. If you want to know God, you have to be willing to do whatever it takes. Whatever it looks like. Whatever hurt that you are dealing with. Whatever shame you still are going through. Whatever pride you have allowed yourself to step into. Whatever unforgiveness that you have still yet to let go. Can I tell you that if it's separating you from drawing and knowing God, then you have to come to this altar tonight and deal with it all. It doesn't matter what hurt it was. It doesn't matter what it looks like. But if you desire to know him, we have to be willing to let it go. We have to be willing to surrender it all. It wasn't God's fault that this person hurt me. It wasn't God's fault that this situation happened to me. It wasn't God's fault that I, that I am still dealing with this shame. Oh, but God is desiring for us to know Him. Let us not let anything come in the way. That opportunity. Oh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you just lift up your hands right now? Would you just allow the Spirit to begin to minister right now? This whole gospel, the plan of redemption, repentance, baptism, receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, it's just a means to the end. It's the process in which we're able to get rid of everything to know God. It's not the ends all means all, but it's the way in which we can enter into a relationship and fellowship that no one else is able to do it. But you can't just stop at the new birth experience. There's still more that God is calling for each and every one of us to do each and every single day. I got to contend for the faith each and every single day. I got to contend to know him more. That's what the whole gospel is about. He didn't need us. He chose us. He didn't need you. He didn't need me. He chose me. He didn't need our worship. He already knew he was God Almighty. He wasn't an egotistical God that needed someone to praise his name. He already knew who his name was. But the reason why he came down, the reason why he created you, the reason why he created me, is simply because he desired to. He desired to know you. He desired to have a relationship with you. And not only did he desire to have a relationship, but he did whatever was necessary to be able to do it. He did whatever was necessary to be able to do it.
I'm not going to send anybody else. I'm going to come down myself. I'm not going to have anybody do my work. I'm going to do it by myself. And I'm going to come and be humanity. And I'm going to come and show you the ways. And I'm going to come and hold you by the hand and give you an example. I'm going to come and be with you. I'm going to come and die on the cross for you. I'm going to come and pay the penalty for you. And not only that... I'm going to leave and then give you a spirit that you can grab a hold of that's going to give you a help and it's going to be what's going to guide you and it's going to give you, it's going to give you direction and it's what's going to be that's going to give you the power and authority to overcome everything that you need to overcome. What a great God. So really the question is, what's our excuse? What's our excuse to not know Him more? What's our excuse to not draw closer to His presence? Does He understand our infirmities? Absolutely. Does He have compassion? Absolutely. Does He have mercy, grace? Absolutely He does, and I'm thankful for it. But at the end of the day, you got to call a spade a spade. And at the end of the day, there is a line that God will not cross and will not reveal himself to us unless we're willing to draw closer to him. We can only fellowship with God in who he is. He's not going to become sin for us. He's not going to become flesh for us. Therefore, he will not become like us which means we have to become like Him. If I want a fellowship with my God Almighty, I have to fellowship in who He is. Therefore, if He is holy, then I need to become holier. Therefore, if He is love, I need to walk in love. Therefore, if He is faithful, then I got to believe in the words that He says about me. Come on, it is time to become whatever God desires for us to be. Whatever that looks like. Why don't we get to a place where we just desire to know Him just to know Him? Not for what He gives us. Not for just, just for Him to consistently give us something. But can we get to a place, young people, saints of God, where we just want to dwell in His presence. Where His presence is enough. Scripture says that there are pleasures forevermore. His presence is more than enough. Ask the disciples. They were persecuted. They were stoned. They were beheaded. What was it about that that made them continue to preach the gospel? What was it about their understanding that they were willing to continue continue and continue on can I propose to you this today that they had a revelation of God that they made a determination that it doesn't matter what happens to this flesh it doesn't matter what this world looks like if I get to know him I have won it all I have won it all. Can I pray tonight that each and every one of us would grab a hold of that mindset? That in these last days, that we wouldn't be worried about what society is going to say about us. That we wouldn't be worried about what they're going to think about the apostolic church. About a church that still stands for holiness. About a church that still believes in the infilling of the Holy Ghost. But we can get to a determination that I want to know God and I want everyone to know Him just the same. Therefore, I am going to stand up to whatever it is that God desires of me.
Come on, if you believe that, would you clap your hands unto the Lord? Knowing God, knowing God. Matthew 22, verse 37 said, Jesus said unto them, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. I believe he meant that as literally as he could mean it. That every part of your life you're thinking about Jesus. That every single day you're thinking about how you can be better for the Lord. That every single day you're trying to find a way to be honest with God. You don't have to be perfect. God never expected you to be perfect. He's not worried so much about your sin as much as He's worried about your honesty in your heart and your desire to continue to walk according to His ways. If you have a desire to love after Him, He will make a way. How do I know that? Because He did it time and time again. When Adam and Eve sinned, he went ahead and casted them out of the garden. And when he cast them out of the garden, he put two angels in the front of the garden with swords of flaming fire on top of it. Why did he do that? Because he didn't want Adam and Eve to go back into that garden. Because if they would have went back into that garden, they would have stayed in that fallen situation. In that broken relationship. God loved them so much that He was willing to bring angels down from heaven to make sure that they will come in and stay in that broken relationship. God is willing to do what He needs to do to make sure that you have that relationship, that you're able to know Him as long as you're willing to walk in His ways. As long as you're willing to desire Him. Love the Lord with all that might. And all that strength. And with all your soul. Stephen, how can we do that? We're just broken people. We are dealing with flesh. We are broken by nature. I understand that. But Second Timothy 1 and 7 reminds us that God has not given us a spirit of fear. But of power and of love, and of a sound mind. Fear deals with shyness, timidity, anxiety. All those things that could be a reason why you're not drawing closer to God. When the scripture says in Matthew, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength. The word that he used for love was agape. Agape meaning that selfless love, that love that doesn't expect anything back, a love that just continues to give, that just continues to give of itself just because that's who he is. Can I tell you that God is the only one who can walk in that agape love? God is the only one who can love in that manner. But can I propose to you tonight... That when we read 2 Timothy 1 and 7, it says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love. And the same word that he used in Matthew was the same word that he used in 2 Timothy. God did not give us the spirit of fear, but of power and of agape. When you... Receive the infilling of the Holy Ghost. You can tap into an agape love so that you can now love God in the same manner that He loves you. That's the reason why the disciples were able to say, you can do whatever you want with me, but I'm going to worship the Lord. I'm going to follow the call that He has for me. I'm going to die for Him because He died for me. God has given us the spirit, the power, and the love to be able to walk in his ways. So the question is, 
What's our excuse? Do you want to know Him? What are you What are you in this for? What's your purpose behind this? What's your motive? What are you trying to get out of this? I understand there's moments where we have needs, and God understands those as well. But at the end of it all, do we really want to know Him? Do we really desire Him? God shows us His love. And because of His love, now I'm able to love myself. I can't love myself by my own means because I don't know what true love is. But the scripture says that God is love. And if you don't know God, then you don't know love for He is love. Therefore, the only way that I can truly love is by accepting the love that He has for me. And the only way I can truly love myself is by accepting that same love. But the only way I can have access to that love is by continuing to desire to know Him. And it is with that same love, and it's only by that same love that we'll ever be able to reach this generation. It's the only way. It, we need to come to a mentality where we're not doing things for God, but we're doing things because of God. I don't serve Him because I have to serve Him. I serve Him because of the love that He has shown me and the revelation of His goodness and His faithfulness and the abundance of His goodness that I just have to share this with whoever I can and whenever I can. There's a difference because one is earning His love and the other one is out of the abundance of His love. One will cause me to have a show, but the other one comes from relationship. He's desiring for us to know Him today. Romans chapter 8 verse 14 tells us this, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you not, did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by who we cry out, Abba, Father. When you receive the Spirit of God, when you receive the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongue, you now have a right, an inheritance, to draw into a closer relationship with God, which where you no longer just call Him Father. I hope no, none of us kids call your dad Father. Hey, Father. How are you today, Father? Be weird, right? But when you receive the Spirit of God, you now have the right. You now have received the permission, the inheritance to not just call your dad, not just call God Father, but call Him Dad. My Dad. He's my Dad. He's my provider. He's my deliverer. He's going to take care of me. And that revelation alone changes your relationship from one of wandering to one of wondering. Without that understanding of who God is and what He is to you, you're going to deal with trials and you're going to deal with situations and walls and hurts and you're going to be wondering what is this all about why is God allowing this to happen to me it's going to revert back to you and who and what it's doing to me but when you have that revelation of knowing God instead of wandering you can wonder what God is going to do with this. God, I know you're my dad. I know you're going to provide for me and I know you're going to take care of me. Therefore, I know that this situation that's right in front of me, although that I don't know why you're doing it, although it hurts, 
Aldo, it's a, it's a fiery trial. And Aldo is taking everything out of me. God, I know that you're looking for my best interest. And I know you're looking for the best in me. And I know you're trying to cultivate me into the man and the woman that you desire for it. And God, I just wonder what you're going to do with it. I just wonder what's going to happen on the other side of it. I just wonder who am I going to become, God. I just wonder what you're going to do with it, God. Because I know that you're my dad. I know that you're good, that you're faithful. And if I allow it, God, you're going to do a great wonder through this. Scripture tells us that He is the mighty God, the wonderful, comma, counselor. It's not wonderful counselor, it's wonderful, comma, counselor. You serve a wonderful. That's it. You serve a wonderful Therefore, if you allow him to, he will do something wonderful with your life. He will do something wonderful out of your mess, out of your situation, out of whatever it is that you're going through. But you have to know him enough to trust him and let him finish the process. Let him finish what he has started. Verse 16 says in Romans, The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, and join heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with Him, then we also are able to be glorified with Him. How much do you want to know Him? You want to know Him in the good? Are you willing to know him in the suffering? How much do you really want to know him? Because to be able to understand the glory of God, you have to be able to understand what the suffering looked like. To be able to understand how much he overcame and how much he brought us out from, you got to be able to understand what it takes to overcome this flesh. But if you never overcame your flesh, then you'll never know what he paid for. suffer with him so we also may be able to be glorified together God is designed for us to know him and to have the appropriate relationship that we're supposed to have with him can I tell you that before you're anything else you are a child of God you are a son of God young people before you desire to be anything else desire to be a child of God I'm not a preacher that is a child of God. I am a child of God that preaches. I'm not a hyphen leader that is a child of God. I am a child of God that leads the hyphen. Because regardless of whatever title comes and goes, I will always be a child of God. And I'm never going to be identified by anything else. But I can always be identified with being a child of God. And as a child of God, I can have that relationship to always be honest, to always come to the throne of grace and know that God is always going to be willing to listen. He's always going to be willing to listen. This life with God is a lot simpler than we make it. Be honest, confess your faults, and do better. The problem is, is when we know we're doing wrong and we're not willing to confess it. That's when you tie God behind his back. But if you're always honest, if you're always sincere, if you're always willing to cast your cares on God, God can work with the mess. He can work with everything else. Why? Because you are his child. And you are part of that inheritance that God has desired for us. Does someone believe that today? We are a child 
of God. I never have to worry about being anything else. I never have to worry about fitting a certain mold or fitting a certain image. But all I desire to be is a child of God, a son of God. Jesus came and he was identified and came as the son of man and the son of God. And as that son of God, the scripture says that I don't do my work, but I I do the work of my father. And I'm doing my father's business. Let's get to a place in our relationship with God where all we're worried about is our father's business. There's too many opinions going out. There's too many thoughts on what we should do and what we shouldn't do. But why don't we just do what God desires for us to do? Why don't we just speak on what the Father desires for us to speak about? Why don't we just focus on what He cares about and not worry about what this world cares about? Let us have that mindset tonight. I want to challenge you today to know God, to allow Him to love you, regardless of where you feel you're at, regardless of your inadequacies, regardless of any unforgiveness, regardless of any hurt, regardless of any shame, regardless of how little you think you're able to do. Can I challenge you today to let Him freely love you? The Scripture tells us In Romans chapter 8, for as many are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And verse 16 says, the Spirit himself will bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. If you have the Holy Ghost, if you have spoken in tongues, and you're willing to allow God to love you, Scripture says that it will bear witness that you are a children of God. What does that mean? That means that it will begin to remind you and show you who you really are in Him. You want to know who you really are? You want to know your identity? Allow the Spirit to begin to move in your life. Remove all barriers. Remove whatever it is that's in the way. Because can I tell you, there is nothing, nothing worth the price of missing out on knowing Jesus and knowing what He wants to do in your life. Can I tell you what has been the biggest revelation that has changed my life? I was in the altar one day. I was just praying to God and I was just crying and weeping and there was just snot coming out of my nose. There's probably still stains and our church. Actually, we just changed the carpet, so it's gone now. But there was, for the longest time, there was just a lot of stains there from just all the crying that I did and everything that came with it. Come on, does anybody know about that? Does anybody know going to the corner so nobody can see you? Come on, somebody. But I remember going to the altar and just talking to God and just contemplating just wondering why I can't get things right and why I couldn't figure things out and why did it just seem so hard. I just remember God showing me what He thinks about me. I remember Him showing me not who I was right now, but who I could be if I allowed Him to work through me. Can I tell you that when he showed me what I could be in him, when he showed me who I could be, not not in my failures, but after I've been purified, after I've been sanctified, after I've been washed by that blood, if, if we could see ourselves in that same light, when I saw myself in that same light, can I tell you that there was nothing that would ever stop me from becoming that person. And that is what God wants to show each and every single one of us. Young people, get to an altar and don't stop seeking for the face of God 
until he shows you what he's capable of doing through you, until he shows you what he wants you to become. And once he shows you who he wants you to become, don't you ever let anything get in the way of that. Because if God said it, then no man can stop it. If God said it, then it is going to be done. If God said it, nothing can get in the way of it. The Spirit will bear witness of it. The Spirit will bear witness of it. We can stand today. If you have not received the gift of the Holy Ghost, if you not have received the Spirit of God inside of you with the evidence of speaking in tongues, then that is your prerogative tonight. Because you can only fellowship with God and who He is. If He is Spirit, then we must fellowship with Him in His Spirit. But what privilege do we have? What an honor do we have that out of everything that God could have put His Spirit in, decided to put it in this earthen vessel. What, a, what an amazing gift. What great opportunity to be able to commune with the Almighty. Never want to take that for granted. But I hit on this story when Peter's talking Jesus Jesus saying to him Peter do you love me Peter says yes I love you feed my sheep he asks him another two times Peter do you love me he says yes I love you Lord feed my sheep feed my sheep the first two times that Jesus asked Peter this he once again used the word agape. Peter, do you agape me? And Peter couldn't respond in that same manner. But instead he says, yes, Lord, I phileo you. Which means a, a, a companionable love, love of a friend. Jesus once again asks him, Lord, Peter, do you agape me? Peter's like, yes, Lord, I philate with you. The last time Jesus says, Peter, you phileo me. Peter said, yes, Lord, I phileo you. I want to be satisfied with where I'm at in my relationship with God. I want to go where he wants me to go. But God loves us so much that he will still meet us where we're at. But can I challenge you tonight, young people, saints all across this room, I know you've been here, been a part of this movement for probably longer than I have. And I know you've heard a lot of word and I know there's been a lot of wonderful pastors and preachers and evangelists that have come here. But can I challenge us tonight to never be satisfied with where you're at with God. Never be satisfied with what you have right now. 
when there's so much more that he wants to show us, when there's an agape love that he wants us to walk in. It is only through that love that we're ever going to be able to change this world. It is the spirit of his love that's going to differentiate us apostolics from any other church in this world. This, this world is consumed with selfishness and hate and division and everything in between. And the only thing that's going to stand in the middle of it is the church of God that's full of the love of God, the true love of God that comes from His Spirit that is given to us when we receive and exercise the Holy Ghost. So can I challenge you tonight as we come to these altars? You just be honest with God and where you're at with Him. You just be sincere what you've held on to, what you haven't let go, what you haven't given to Him. Did you let God give you a burning desire to know Him? Would you be willing to push through whatever hurt, whatever insecurities, whatever false perceptions you've had about yourself, whatever fear and whatever shame that has happened to you based off of childhood experiences and based off of things that have been said or done to you. No, there's a God that's willing to deal with those infirmities. But are you willing to open up? Are you willing on a Sunday night where you may be tired? Are you willing on a Sunday night where you feel like you've done this time and time again? Are you willing to one more time cry out unto the Lord? Are you willing to one more time say, God, I need you to help me, Lord. I need you to deal with me, Lord. Come on, if you need the Holy Ghost, would you just lift up your hands and say, God, I need you. Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it. No one else will do. Nothing else can take your place. Come on, I believe that there's going to be a witness of the Spirit. I believe the Spirit's going to bear witness. The Spirit's going to begin to speak to each and every one of us that are desiring to be more than God desires for you to be. In the name of Jesus, break any chain, break any stronghold, break any false mentality, break any doubt, anything contrary, any shame, any hurt, any unforgiveness. In the name of Jesus, I release liberty right now in the name of Jesus. I release love right now in the name of Jesus. I release hope right now in the name of Jesus.